How's it going, folks? I'm Brother Matthew, and welcome to Christian Coffee Time, where we sit down together to study the Word of God. And in this video, what I would like to discuss is the Nephilim, something that an innumerable amount of Christians are obsessed with, about the Nephilim, Nephilim, giant monsters. So let's take a look. What does the Bible actually say about this? Let's finally just kind of study this and put it to rest. Now, some people say the Nephilim are, are a hybrid mix of fallen angels mating with women and creating the half-breed demon-human hybrid monster thingies. Some disagree, Some, uh, but I'd have to say by far and large, the majority of Christians actually think that that happened. But I'm here to tell you that that actually never did happen. I'm going to show you what the Bible says. I'm only going to read scripture. I'm going to show you what the Bible says. Now, where did the fallen angels mating with women creating the Nephilim giant monsters come from? The book of Enoch. Now, if you haven't seen that video, please check that one out. As I just posted that one up. And you'll see where what that actually was inspired from. Let's take a look at this. We're going to take our time looking through this. So take your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 6, and we're going to take a look at the story that is commonly believed to be the origin of the Nephilim giant monster thingies. But let's take a look. What is it? What does it actually say? So we're going to go verse by verse, point by point, taking a look at what it says. All right. So Genesis chapter 6, verse 1. And it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters are born unto them. Okay, so we see just this regular population growth. They're spreading across the world. Now, while this was happening, verse 2, that the sons of God... Okay, pause. Nowhere in the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, are fallen angels, which are the demons, which are the devils, are they ever called sons of God. But wait, in Job... Yeah. There's a time when the sons of God presented themselves unto the Lord that the devil came. Yeah, that the devil came. He wasn't supposed to be there. He's not called a son of God. He's, he's called an enemy of God, enemy of the saints, accuser of the brethren, the father of lies, a dragon, the beast, the deceiver, the liar, father of lies. He's not called a son of God. He's the fallen one, the accuser of the brethren. The Lord says, what are you doing here? He wasn't even supposed to be there. So the sons of God are never, ever, ever... That's title that's never given to fallen angels. It says that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair. The word fair there in Genesis 6 2 in the Hebrew means righteous goodness. It actually does not mean beauty. Take a look at it. Take a look at it. Look it up. It means righteous goodness. And they took them wives of all which they chose. Now, if you skip down a bit, it says that when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, that they bore children unto them. Okay, so. Next thing you need to know is angels, fallen angels, cannot create life. Only God can. Psalms 139, 13-16. God creates life in the womb, not angels. Angels cannot create life. They cannot procreate. They cannot procreate. So therefore, given, uh, given by this, deducing this, sons of God means human male servants of God. Human male servants of God are taking human female servants of God, the righteous goodness, and they took them wives of all which they chose. Verse 3, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be in 120 years. Why? It took 120 years to build the ark. Because if you go down a little bit, you see it's talking about Noah. So, 
so from, from this point, while the world is being populated and big growth all throughout the land, all throughout the world, that there's this line of the righteous, you know, from Adam down, Noah's a descendant of this line because all the world is fallen away from the Lord, rejected the Lord, wickedness in the hearts and minds of men continually, that God is going to destroy the earth at the flood. But there's this righteous line which Noah is a descendant of. He's one of the one of those righteous male servants of God that had a righteous wife and they were seen as righteous before God. That's why God chose him. Okay, while this is going on and the ark is being prepared, verse 4. There were giants in the earth in those days. Okay, so the word giant in Hebrew is Nephilim. Now, if you skip ahead in the Bible, you see that even after the flood that there are uh, the the Anakim, the sons of Anak, which are actually called Nephilim in the Old Testament. Okay, so if we take a look at Nephilim, Nephilim just literally means an abnormally big person. There is zero mystical or divine quality connotations given to that word. It just means an abnormally big person, like NBA basketball players, the world championship strongman powerlifters, the guy that flipped trucks, uh, or, or Goliath of Gath. That the uh, Robert Wadlow would be considered Nephilim, an abnormally big person. But is Robert Wadlow or NBA basketball players, are they half-breed demon-human hybrid monsters? Uh, no. Okay, so let's go back to verse 4. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that. After what? After the flood. After the flood. But according to Genesis 6, 7, 8, 9, talking about the flood story, it says, Everything that breathed the breath of life perished in the waters. Only that which is on the ark survived. So only Noah and his family survived. So if everything died, if everything died, everything was destroyed, and only Noah and his family and that which is on the ark survived, how are there giants after the flood? Where did the genetics for giantism come from? Just saying. Let's read the text. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that. When the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men and bare children unto them, the same became mighty men, which are of old men of renown. Like, like Gideon, Joshua, Moses, mighty men of valor, mighty men of God, servants of God. So, just reading the text and just word studying here, nowhere in Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 to, 1 to 4, does it say, anything about fallen angels mating with women and all that where did what does say that the satanic book of enoch and yes satanic take a look at the video about that i'll put the link of it in the in the description below so the book of enoch again is not scripture in any way shape or form i explain that in detail of how it is not and what the bible says what it says and everything else how it's not actually of god so please make sure you check that out. So the whole fallen angels mating with women thing never happened. It never, ever, ever happened. It's a lie. It's a, it's a spread, widely accepted, believed lie, delusion, that is actually spread from Judaistic Kabbalah, that Book of Enoch garbage nonsense. So check that out. Again, folks, don't take my word for it. Do the study. Look what it says. It's commonly accepted and believed that that happened, but it actually didn't. Look at it. Where are devils ever called sons of God? When can angels create life and procreate? They can't. 
They can't. God creates life. The Spirit of God came upon Mary and fashioned the child. God fashions the, the baby in the womb. Psalms 139, 13, 16. Read it. So, give it some thought. What does the Bible say? If the Bible opposes it, then it's wrong. If something, if opinion, doctrine, teaching, ideology, assumption, experience, vision, dream, whatever, contradicts the word of God, then it's wrong. If it contradicts it even remotely, it's wrong. If, the, if one verse contradicts it, it's wrong. The word of God is eternally true. The word of God is preserved by God. God says he'll preserve his word unto all generations. Though the grass withers and the flowers fade, my word will stand forever. My word is above my very name. Not one jot nor one tittle shall always pass from the law. It's easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one tittle of the law to pass away. So God preserves his word. Second Peter 1, 20-21. All, uh, all scripture. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. 2 Timothy 3, 16-17. So when we understand biblical authority, that God cannot lie. God cannot make mistakes. His word is preserved. There are no lost books of the Bible or God would be a liar. There's no contradictions in his word. So when we understand that, we then can see that we use the clear to interpret the unclear. That when we have a teaching or doctrine, an idea or something that seems odd or whatever, or if it seems to be contradictory in some way, shape, or form, well, then we got to take a look at the text, setting everything else aside. What does the Bible say? And then we stick with that. If the Bible says it, then it's true. If the Bible condemns it, then it's wrong. If the Bible contradicts it, then it's wrong. This is how we must appear before things. This is how we must discern things, test the spirits of things, person, place, thing, doctrine whatever so by the word of god according to the word of god fallen angels mating with women creating the giant monster nephilim things never happened never happened so there you go again do the study check it out yourself what does the bible say so there you go folks so god bless and I hope uh, if you have any questions or anything, leave a comment. And I hope to hear from you sometime. Uh, again, you can con contact me through here as well. And uh, I'd be happy to get in touch with you. Again, check out my other videos as well. Uh, hit the like button if you support it. And share the video as well. Subscribe. Hit the notification bell icon so you know when I put up a new video. And leave a comment as well. And God bless you, folks. Hope, hope to see you again. And as always, if I don't see you again, I'll see you in the sky. God bless.